0: Well, hey, whether you stumbled onto my podcast or you've been a long-time listener, I'm glad you're listening. What is this podcast all about? Well, it's about people just like me, just like you, about age 60, maybe a little older, maybe a little younger, but you, like me, are trying to figure out how you're going to do life for this next 10, 20, 30 years. How are you going to stay healthy? What are you going to eat? Are you going to exercise how are you going to do the things you really really want to do in retirement Uh, but most importantly things that i think about go along these lines how am i going to avoid assisted living how am i going to maintain my independence how am i going to enjoy life to its fullest until god says my time is done thank you for joining me i hope you enjoy the podcast This is the Pushing 60 Aside podcast. I'm your host, Gene Fleming, recording from my hometown, Fort Payne, Alabama, at the foot of Lookout Mountain. And this episode, I think, is going to grab some attention for those of you that are struggling to lose weight. Today was a remarkable day for me. It it was remarkable because I got out... Uh, got out of the house in ways that I don't often do. Sometimes there's those necessary errands that we have to do. I am a pet owner and I had to take three different dogs to the groomer. That was time-consuming and um, the shopping center where my groomer works is a very busy place so I got to observe a lot of people. While my dogs were being groomed I uh, had to shoot over to Walmart to buy Uh, My calcium, magnesium, zinc, and vitamin D3 supplement that I take, and that's a personal choice. Uh, You know, it's uh, something I've taken for uh, six or seven years now. You know, I'm a believer, and uh, you know, I want strong bones. I want good. uh, I want good uh, neuromuscular activity where my my nervous system is talking to my muscles and things like that and so you know magnesium is a part of that uh... i like the magnesium because it seems to help me with the problem of twitching legs at night so i've been a regular user of it and uh... you know it's kind of a it's kind of a modest uh... supplement when it comes to the world of supplements uh... my doctor did not recommend it my blood test did not show that i need it but it could be because I've taken it so long that my blood tests are just fine. I don't, I don't have a vitamin D3 deficiency. I don't have a calcium deficiency, You know nothing like that. So anyway, when I parked at Walmart, as is my tendency to do so, I park way away from the uh, storefront so that you know, I get a little bit of a walk just getting into the store and uh and uh so but once again i had this opportunity to observe uh people that i don't often see just perfect strangers today my heart is sad um uh, in in a way because i know the misery that comes with obesity uh especially morbid obesity and uh you know in some in some pop circles, it's popular to use phrases like fat and fit, you know, or, um, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. And I, I just do not buy it I, as, as a person who's been there and who has suffered as a result of morbid obesity. I. Um, I know that everything was harder for me. Buying clothes was harder for me. Sleeping was harder for me. Doing normal uh, yard and household chores was harder for me. Uh, sitting for long periods was hard for me, like on, a, on an automobile trip somewhere. Um, sitting through church was hard for me. And, uh, and, and it was simply because I was miserable in my clothes a lot of times. And uh, where I was most comfortable was sitting in a recliner, and um, you know, and that recliner I believe could have been the death of me. But as I got better and as I began to lose weight, I got healthier. But I was at two different shopping centers today, and I saw a lot of morbidly obese people. Let's make the distinction here first. There's what is considered a healthy weight for everybody, and there's also what's considered to be an ideal weight. Um, You know, you can, for example, I'm five foot seven and a half or so. Uh, By the charts, I should weigh between 145 and 154 pounds. That would be an ideal weight for me. These numbers for what is ideal weight were not necessarily medically established, they were established by insurance companies. Um, Because people that fall into these categories uh, tend to have less health issues. Okay, there are fewer cases of type two diabetes, uh, a far greater, uh, uh, excuse me, a far less incidence of cardiovascular disease, strokes, and everything else that goes with it. Um, uh, reduction in the potential for kidney disease, liver disease, uh, respiratory diseases. And of course, now you can be thin and smoke like a house fire and, you know, and get all of the above, and, and, um, and you can eat a high sugar diet and have a high metabolism and still get type two diabetes. So being thin is not necessarily always being healthy. If your lifestyle is uh, one that does damage to your body, uh, for instance, well, we know smoking is bad. Okay, that's that's a given. We know smoking leads to lung disease and cancers. Um, but you know, there's also an issue with uh, uh, excessive use of alcohol. Now, I personally do not drink, and I have not drank since I was 23 years old because I learned some lessons the hard way. I know I didn't get arrested and I didn't have DUIs, but I could have. I could have, you know, that was back in the early 80s and uh, so a long time ago, but those are choices. But if a person drinks too much alcohol, we know that uh, they're going to do liver damage and they're going to end up possibly with a disease like cirrhosis of the liver. We know that alcohol damages brain cells and I don't know about you, but at age 62 pushing 63, I need every functioning brain cell that I've got, and I certainly can't afford to waste any. Now, I, I do not object to uh, drinking in moderation. You know, say mm-hmm. if somebody wants to have a a, a glass of wine with supper, uh, an eight ounce glass of wine with supper. Uh, in mm-hmm. fact, there's some studies that show that it could, in fact, uh, red wine could be healthy for us. But um, you know what I'm talking about when I'm saying excessive use of alcohol. And so you can be thin, you can be a heavy drinker, you can be thin and have uh, uh, be a heavy smoker and, and still not meet your potential life expectancy because of the diseases those two particular behaviors cause. Also, there's the potential for people that, of course, use illicit drugs uh, doing similar damage to their bodies, their minds, their organs, their kidneys. I mean, it just, you know, it just, it just adds up. And, but, uh, so the categories of, uh, about our size and about our weight, um, you know, um, we've got, uh, uh, what the insurance industry would say is an ideal weight for me based on my height. Okay. And that, that has nothing to do with, uh, whether I'm big boned or anything like that or I'm very muscular or I'm just a wiry thin guy, the insurance says I should be between 145 and 154 pounds. Uh, However, a normal weight for a guy my size that is a healthy weight is up to about 175 pounds. Well wait a minute Gene, that's 21 pounds more than what the insurance industry says ideal. That's because ideal is a number that is used to write insurance for you, not one to judge your health in view of your current lifestyle. My lifestyle is, of course, that of a fitness trainer and a very, very physically active person who works out uh, five to seven days a week. And I I do take rest breaks in that, and I do different types of things. So. I don't run every day. I don't lift weights every day, and I cycle through these activities to keep my whole body healthy, fit, and strong. So, now let's move it on up a little bit. And what is overweight? You know what? What is overweight? Uh, I mean that's that's kind of an ambiguous number. But if I get on the scales right now at my doctor's office, weighing 184 pounds, I am medically speaking overweight. How about that right there? Why am I overweight? Well, I'm overweight because I've added a lot of muscle in this last five or six, seven years. And uh, muscle weighs heavier than fat. But in the meantime, I lost a lot of body fat. You know, at one time, my body fat was up in the 40 percentile. And now my body fat is in the 18 percentile. So that means when you, if you took me in and separated my muscle, my bones, my water weight, and my fat into different piles. My pile of fat is much smaller than it once was. In fact, it's it's less than half of what it was at one time. And you know, some body fat is supposed to be on our bodies. It's a healthy thing. It's a potential energy reserve in times of crisis. Uh, it's a it's a fuel source that we can use throughout the day, you know, between meals, and uh, you know, and especially if uh, if we're living on say a low carb diet, uh, you know, our body gets used to not depending on fast fuel like sugars and and uh, simple carbohydrates, and your body can metabolically adapt to tap in fat reserves for fuel. Now. Our bodies are doing this exchange of fat and burning of carbs and burning of glucose. They're doing it all the time. And when we can tilt this this fuel uh, use system to where we can burn more fat, then we will reduce the amount of fat that we store in our bodies. So medically speaking right now, I am an overweight person. If you see me out in town, I don't look like... An overweight person. But if I gain just another five pounds, believe it or not, I'm considered obese. I'm I'm considered obese. Uh, And that's based on the BMI charts. Okay, so we got all these different people saying we should weigh this, and this is what's overweight for us, and this is what's obese, and this is what's morbidly obese. And uh, at one time, of course, you know by now, I was morbidly obese. So when when I realized, because I know, you know, when when you're so big your belly rubs your steering wheel in your truck, you look at yourself and you say, man, I am so fat. And I hate to speak in that kind of a language, but that was my internal dialogue and my judgment of myself. Nobody had to tell me I was a member of the Chub Club. I knew I was a chubby boy. I knew I wasn't just a little... Uh, dad bod kind of guy I knew that I was obese I didn't know how obese I was but I knew I was too big for my britches and my britches size kept going up and up and up and with that I got sicker and sicker and sicker and I've beat that drum so many times that you know it well by now so here's some of the things that I did in the beginning to start getting my weight going in the right direction. One of the things I did was I used a calorie tracking program through MyFitnessPal, okay? And I had to do this because I was ignorant about how many calories and what kind of calories I was eating every single day. And um, so this was a convenient uh, system to track my calories and I did it for two full years using MyFitnessPal. At one time I shifted over to using the Fitbit calorie tracker And, uh, and it was perfectly fine. But these calorie trackers only work with absolute honesty on the part of the person that uses them. You can't say, oh I eat a handful of peanuts and that's a hundred and ninety calories and you know however many grams of fat and however many grams of of uh, protein because when you get into the estimation uh... process we do a really terrible job of doing that so let's say I eat a half cup of white rice with my meal tonight well you know if I'm just eyeballing that dipping rice out of a pan I might be eating three quarters or a full cup of rice because I am Just like every other southern boy, I am used to filling my plate at supper time. And so when I put a half cup of rice on my plate, it looked like my plate was empty. (coughs) When I put a three or four ounce serving of meat on my my plate, I'm looking for the rest of my meat. (laughs) So calorie trackers are an effective tool if you really have no idea what the macronutrient content is of the food that you've been eating and are trying to eat in an effort to lose weight. So I told you a little bit earlier that I was sad today because I saw so many obese and morbidly obese people and among the senior population that I observed today I saw so many people. I mean, it was so many that I was astounded. Uh, It caused me to pause and reflect and consider incorporating this into today's podcast. I saw men that appeared to be in their early 60s to mid 70s who were obese and who were having to shuffle and waddle to and from their automobiles and going into a store. And And I saw young women today in their 20s, early 30s, who were morbidly obese already. And this makes me sad because I know that if everything else goes well in their lives, the road ahead of them is going to get harder and harder. It just stands to reason if I'm... A man or a woman and I'm 5 foot 3 or 6 or 10 or whatever and I'm carrying 40 50 60 80 100 extra pounds on my body everything about my personal physiology is under stress medical grade stress my knees are under stress my feet my hips my back and um, you know, my breathing is under stress. My heart is under stress. And, um, and so everything about just living, just living, going to work every day, dealing with the kids, shuttling kids to school for, uh, you know, whatever it is you have to do, uh, everything is so much harder. And people get used to life being harder. They just think this is the way it is. uh I can really do most of the things that I wanna do. Uh, everybody in my family looks about like I do um you know, and then there's some that adopt the attitude, I don't care, I just don't care. I'll just buy some bigger clothes, and yeah, maybe you can get away with that for a season of time, but sooner or later, morbid obesity kills you. And I hate to be graphic, but it kills you. It means that if you had the potential to live to 75, you're not going to make it there. You're going to drop dead of a heart attack or you're going to be chronically sick with diabetes for a long time. You know, things are not going to work right for young women that are morbidly obese, uh, who really still want to, you know, have a second kid or have their first kid they may not even be able to get pregnant simply because of obesity so it's more than looking like the cover model of a fitness mm-hmm. magazine you know it's more than uh, uh, you know uh, you know looking like you did when you graduated mm-hmm. from high school or college and you know it's more than hollywood images of what uh fit healthy and happy people look like it's about it's a it's a genuine fight for survival. And if using a, a calorie tracker, I'd rather call it a macronutrient tracker to where you're looking at what percentage of your calories are coming from fat, what percentage is coming from carbohydrates, and uh, what percentage of your diet is coming from protein. If that helps you uh, control your portion sizes and have a target every day then use a calorie tracker, whether you use MyFitnessPal or the one that comes with the Fitbit tracker. You've got to use it, and you've got to use it religiously. Personally, I find it kind of cumbersome after a while, but here's what the calorie tracker taught me. The calorie tracker taught me that a large egg is about 70 calories, and it's about 7 grams of protein. Okay, got it. Just like that, I got it. All right. From now on, when I grab three large eggs and scramble them with a pat of butter, I can figure that out down in my head. So I don't no longer, I no longer use a calorie or macronutrient tracker to guide me on this path of recovering from obesity and morbid obesity. I use uh, my experience. You know, I know an average-sized banana is 115 calories and it has about 500 milligrams of, uh, of potassium in it. That's good, but I don't need all that fruit sugar. So, now I'm at a stage where I'm in the maintenance phase of what I've already accomplished. And it's a good place to be. It means I can break the rules sometimes, but I can't break the rules every day about what I put in my body. And once you get this mindset, there are some things that just become forever taboo to you because you know you personally have no control if you're sitting behind a bowl of Fritos and uh, French onion dip. Okay, I'll I'll cut it and slice it just like that. I know that I have no control over portion size when it comes to ice cream. Now, if I could do just one scoop... (laughs) and maybe sprinkle some nuts on it and be happy with that I'd be great but uh, Gene's not that guy Gene gets a bowl that bowl better be full of ice cream if he's eating ice cream and it better have some chocolate or caramel syrup on it and it better have some nuts on it and better have some whipped cream on it and if I had maraschino cherries there'd be one of those on the top of it too that's because that's the way Gene likes to satisfy his taste buds but What's more important, my taste buds or being healthy in the next 10 or 15 years? So today, this is food for thought. I got sad because I saw people that should be healthy and should uh, be able to get it across a parking lot at age 65 or 70 and who shouldn't waddle back and forth shuffling their steps and and younger people that are struggling to get in and out of cars simply because obesity. And we know that that America is getting sicker by the day simply because of obesity. And I'd be remiss if I did not mention one of the least mentioned statistics about coronavirus deaths. There is a higher, much higher incidence of deaths among people. Even though they had other issues, maybe heart disease, maybe type 2 diabetes, the incidence of death is much higher in part because of obesity. Now, I want to shift this just real quickly and I'm going to tidy this up uh, because your time is valuable and so is mine. Here's some of the things I thought about when I was really sick and I was making that crucial decision to change my personal eating style and lifestyle. I really, really, really love my wife. I I love her, I love talking to her, I love spending time with her, I love joking with her, I love pulling pranks on her, I love leaving leaving little post-it notes uh, in hidden places for her to find that say, I love you, signed HHBL, that's code word for hunk of hunk of burning love, Uh, it's an Elvis thing, (laughs) but that's my nickname, HHBL. I got to thinking about uh, when I was sick and she did have to take care of me. It would have been impossible for her to take care of me if I was bedridden, and that's not fair. It wasn't fair to her. It, it wouldn't. She couldn't possibly turn me by myself if I needed to be turned. She couldn't help me um, on a bedpan if it got down to that. And I'm a guy who believes in fairness, and you know, and rules, and and routines. You know, I'm I am that guy, and it might be because I was in the Navy, I don't know. It might be just because that's just who I grew up to be. But I don't, I wouldn't, I didn't believe it was fair of me to continue uh, eating an entire bag of of uh, Doritos or eating a half gallon of ice cream and uh, eating the whole pizza by myself. Uh, and just getting heavier, sicker, and um, and less mobile, and getting physically weaker, and only to get to a point where I couldn't get out of the doggone bed, you know. And then, you know, what's she gonna do with me? You know, I was in my mid fifties, early fifties. What is she gonna What is she gonna do? We gonna have to hire help? Are we gonna hope that the insurance will cover some of that? Anyway, I thought about these things and I said, especially when I started walking, if there's no other motivation to do this, it's because it's fair to my wife. She didn't get married to a guy to spend the last 20 years of her life taking care of somebody who ate himself sicker and sicker and sicker and, uh... And, you know, it doesn't mean she doesn't love me, but it means that her retirement really sucks because now she's tied to the house, taking care of me and watching over me and feeding me and and uh, changing my sheets. And I thought about those things and I thought about those people that I saw today and, you know, as a trainer, I don't judge them and I don't think they're stupid. I think they're trapped. They're trapped in patterns of behavior. They're trapped in social norms for them and their family. They're they're trapped in uh, pleasing their palate instead of giving their body nutritious food. And there's a part of me that wishes I had a flyer that I could hand out, and I would never do this, but uh, you know, a flyer that says, "If you want to change, I can help you," uh, and uh, You come walk with me every day. We'll talk about nutrition. We'll talk about shifting your diet around. We'll talk about accountability. Uh, We'll talk about uh, weekly weigh-ins. We'll talk about measuring your body fat, and uh, and we can get you healthy if you want to. But you got to want it. You got to want it like you want to take your next breath. And um, now go back to this fitness uh, macronutrient tracking using. My Fitness Pal or Fitbit or any other program that's out there. There's there's several of them. Uh, I highly recommend it if you're in the early stages of weight loss until you can look at a food, eyeball it, just just eyeball it, and know what you're eating, know how many grams of protein. You will learn this. You will learn this. And I'll tell you this. <laughs> uh, what's a serving of peanut butter? Two tablespoons. Okay. Have you ever measured out your peanut butter? Uh, if you like me and you love peanut butter, and it's still one of my go-to snacks, um, you know uh, my spoonful of peanut butter is a, a regular tablespoon, and that bad boy has a mound of peanut butter on it. I mean, it's like a half-day sucker when I when I dip me up a scoop of peanut butter. But I better be prepared for the fact that that is not a serving of peanut butter. That's maybe 250 or 300 calories of fat and protein, uh, and and probably six grams of sugar. Uh, so I had to start using the small spoon. <laughs> you know, it, you know, whatever it takes. But I have never once got out the tablespoon and dipped one of peanut butter pushed it off on my sandwich and then dipped a second one and put it off on my sandwich and uh, so I didn't have a clue how much peanut butter I was actually eating what got my attention was my wife says honey you're sure eating a lot of peanut butter and it's something I had not considered so I just I just scaled back some and started using a smaller spoon hey you know this journey is tough because if you're about my age, 10 years younger, 10 years older, we've spent our whole lives developing the habits we presently have. We figured out which is our favorite fast food, uh, which is our favorite flavor of ice cream. We figured out uh, what's our favorite TV snacking food. You know, we, we, we spent a lifetime getting to this point. Uh, right down to the amount of barbecue sauce, if any, we use on our barbecued meats. Isn't that right, Bruce? And uh, so to you, if you are questioning what you need to do and whether or not something works, try using a calorie tracker to, uh, to see what you're getting and how much of it you're getting until you get to that point where you can eyeball something and say, okay, that's this many calories of fat, protein, and carbohydrates, and I get one of those. Maybe it's a small apple. Maybe it's a small orange. Um, maybe it's uh, one pork chop that's a thin-sliced pork chop instead of a, a half-inch thick one that's as big as um, half your plate. You know, it, it comes down to that. And when you get to that point, you don't have to track your calories anymore. You you, you don't have to. Because I'm going to tell you, it's cumbersome because after breakfast, you've got to sit down right then and lock everything in. If you ate oatmeal, you got to do the oatmeal. It's got to be a measured serving. If you put milk on your oatmeal, you've got to account for that. If you put any kind of nuts or toppings or raisins or anything like that on your oatmeal, you've got to count them. I don't care if it's just a teaspoon. You've got to you've got to track that if you have a half uh, a six ounce glass of oj it's got to be on there if you have coffee with creamer you got to count for the creamer in there and uh if you make a sandwich at lunch you got to get the bread the mayo and uh you know you probably don't have to count the lettuce but if you put five slices of you know smoked ham on there you got to count all five slices and uh so it's very cumbersome. If you have a snack, you've got to remind yourself log the snack. I don't care if it's a sugar-free popsicle, sugar-free pudding, whatever it is that you snack on, a handful of cashews, I don't i don't care. If you're going to use the tracker, you've got to use it religiously every time a morsel covers or crosses your lips. Whew! That's a mouthful. Hey, that's it for today. This is Gene Fleming on the pushing 60 aside podcast i'm an issa certified fitness trainer nutrition specialist and senior fitness specialist and here's my heart for this i get sad when i see people that are going down a path that's going to put them where i once was because i've 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 lived the script and got sicker over 10 or 12 years of my life and got heavier and uh had surgeries and stuff and medications, and I don't want anybody to have to go down that route. You know, we can't be okay with the presumption that, well, I'm just on metformin now, but I'll be getting insulin shots in a couple of years. You can turn that thing around. You can turn it around. And I don't often speak on this, but if you're pre-diabetic now, I can tell you right now, going low carb or Atkins can turn that around. I've seen it happen in my clients. The doctors are talking about it, but uh, you know, you know, it's it's just one of those decisions you've got to make, and you've got to stick with it long enough to see the results. When you see the results, maybe you can be like me, and you know relax the rules a little bit every once in a while like on movie night and I have that jumbo bowl of popcorn yes I do you know I'm not a stick in the mud about this you know Uh, but I I live the science and uh, you know the testing from my doctors supports what I'm doing the lack of prescription medications that I take supports what I've done and what I'm doing and what I'm encouraging you to do You know, it is really a blessing of a sorts, and I don't use the word blessing too often, but it is a blessing that I no longer have to go to the pharmacy and pick up a half dozen prescriptions. Further, it's a blessing that I don't have to think, okay, I gotta take my morning pill, I gotta take my afternoon pill, I gotta take my nighttime medicine, you know. Oh my gosh, folks, that is, that's a reward you don't see coming And then you start getting well. You start getting healthy. And, uh, you know, and I'm encouraging a a client right now to talk to her doctor about further reducing her medications because her blood work is good. Isn't that right, Deb? So until next time, this is Papa Jean. Hey, eat well. Track your food. Learn what you're doing because you are saving and extending your life. We don't even know what's possible. But we know people at every age can eat better, get stronger, get more flexible, get more mobile, and really enjoy their senior years. Until next time, may God bless.